This is the Fertility Hour, where couples learn how to improve their fertility naturally. Join Charlene Lincoln as she interviews leading experts in the fields of natural fertility, holistic medicine, and preconception care. Fertility Hour is where you'll find evidence-based strategies, tips, and resources to help you when trying to conceive. And now, here's Charlene Lincoln. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Hour. Um, My name is Charlene Lincoln. I'm your host. And uh, I just want to remind you, we have uh, a wonderful free report that uh, my podcast partner, Dr. Eva Keene, wrote. It's 39 pages, and it's called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. And it can be found at our fertilityhour.com site. Uh, You'll see it on the upper right. It'll say free report. So go ahead and head on over there and download that free report. It is, um, you know, filled with amazing information, research studies, tips, strategies for restoring your fertility naturally. So today um, I have a really special guest. It's uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup. And um, I'm so happy that she, um, you know, I'm honored that she decided to become a guest um, on our podcast because um, I know she's extremely busy with all the books that she's written and she's kind of everywhere right now. And she's doing um, amazing things to empower women. And um, she chose a really interesting topic for today. So definitely stay tuned. Christian Northrup, MD, visionary, pioneer in women's health, is a board-certified OBGYN, former assistant clinical professor of OBGYN at the University of Vermont College of Medicine, and three-time New York best-selling author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, The Wisdom of Menopause, and Goddesses Never Age, The Secret Prescription for Radiance, Vitality, and Well-Being. In 2013, Reader's Digest named Dr. Northrup one of the 100 most trusted people in America. Internationally known for her empowering approach, Dr. Northrup embraces medicine that acknowledges the unity of mind, body, emotions, and spirit, and teaches women to create health by tuning into their inner wisdom. After decades spent transforming women's understanding of their sacred bodies and processes, Dr. Northrup now teaches women to thrive at every stage of life. Her book, Making Life Easy, A Simple Guide to a Divinely Inspired Life, was an immediate success. Her newest book, Dodging Energy Vampires, offers radical upstream preventative medicine. As a business owner, physician, former surgeon, mother, writer, speaker, and according to Miriam Ava, PhD, a rebel rock star and authority on what can go right with the female body, Dr. Northrup acknowledges our individual and collective capacity for growth, freedom, joy, and balance. She's also thrilled with her company, Amata Life, amatalife.com. Amata is a Thai word that means ageless and eternal. And the company is devoted to creating and distributing products that support ageless living throughout the life cycle. When she's not traveling, Dr. Northrup loves dancing Argentine tango, going to the movies, playing the harp, getting together with friends and family, boating and reading. Don't miss Dr. Northrup's cutting edge trans, um, 
sorry, don't miss Dr. Northrup's cutting edge information. Join her worldwide community on drnorthrup.com and I'll put her um, social media channels in the podcast notes and her internet radio show flourish. I'm, I'm really honored. Um, doc, can I call you Dr. Chris? Yeah, or just Chris is fine. Whatever. Okay, you thanks want. so much. <laughs> All I mean, right. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And I swear, I don't cry a lot. Not that anything is a bad thing, but sometimes when I meet kind of my heroes, I feel really emotional because I know how busy you are and it just touches me that you gave us your time. So great. Now I'm crying again. I've, I've cried a, a couple other episodes. I don't sit around and just cry people. I swear. It's just like you meet people that have really impacted your life throughout the years. And then you're like, Oh, she's here. And she gave up her time and she's so generous. So thank it's you. A soul. It's a soul to soul recognition is what that oh, is. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Not, not a mental imbalance. No, <laughs> it's how you really know you're on it. That's yeah. how you know you're on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. So, um, you know, honestly, I reached out to your people, I don't know, close to a year ago, and you were busy with a, a lot of things, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then I thought, well, of course, like, Dr. Chris, I'm going to let her talk about whatever she wants to, if she wants to talk about adrenal health or, or whatever. I mean, even though we, you know, a lot of people end up talking about that. And I asked, well, you know, what do you want to talk about? And Diane, you know, who wrote me back and she wrote something and then I passed it on to my podcast partner and she was like, that's so spicy. Let's go. Like, <laughs> okay, thank you. I mean, that's pretty cool. And so, you know, what are we talking about here? The hexing of fertility? Yeah, the, hexing of, the hexing of women because of the fertility industry. So okay. I want to say about that, when I was in med school, and I'm not, I'm kidding, not kidding you, I remember going to clinic and there was a 32-year-old having her first baby. Now, this is how you get a mind-body split going that you can't believe. Okay. I literally thought, oh my God, she is so brave having a baby that late in life. I had mm -hmm. completely removed myself from the entire situation. I was maybe 22. And uh, when you're trained as a doctor back then, you were sort of trained as you're different from a regular woman. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't apply to you. Then we, I used to give lectures, I kid you not, called pregnancy after 35. Like this was a big deal, right? Then we moved, we, the whole needle has moved in the culture beyond anything. I mean, it used to be if you had a baby, we considered a baby over 30 uh, high risk. And I've been told by friends that a pregnancy after 35, here's the hexing, ready? Mm. is called a geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. Give me a break. A yeah. geriatric pregnancy. What could be worse than that? Because here's what I want women to know the vast majority of women get pregnant after the age of 35. One of my closest friends finally got married at 40, wanted to have a baby, had had an IUD in for 18 years. Wow. I took the, uh, this story is in the last chapter of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. I removed her IUD in my office in full ritual ceremony. We first set up a ritual and then we were gonna call her intended because we were taking out the IUD to invite in a soul. And so I take her into my office. It was a Sunday, she was a friend, so I just, you know, no one was there. 
I take out the IUD and I say, look, when we remove the IUD, the cellular knowledge in your womb is going to come up. So let's take a moment with this. Whenever you do a procedure in the womb, then uh, I'll tell you, stuff can come up. You have mm -hmm. access to what's in the cells. And in her case, then I did some uh, Reiki healing, some um, therapy. The, the usual stuff MDs do. Stuff that you do. <laughs> yeah. That's right. In that moment, this was the most amazing thing. She started, she sort of popped into another life and she began to sing. And well, first of all, she was in the woods, Native American girl having a premature baby. Now, this is a woman who didn't know what umbilical cords looked like. She knew nothing. She literally was giving birth in the woods. She's explaining all of this to me as I'm doing the Reiki on her uterus. We just removed the IUD. Then she begins to sing in a language, in a Native American language. Now, if it were today, I would have recorded it on my iPhone. I did not have that at the yeah. time. But wow. I'll never forget it. She's chanting Onianta, Onianta, you know, and, and she's not, it's just us. It's not like this is a stage performance for people to see how cool she was. And she said, I could see the whole thing. She delivered a premature baby in the woods, described the mm. placenta, the umbilical cord. So somehow she got that out of her system. And it was a fear that she had had. I won't be able to give birth. I don't mm. know how to do it. And yeah. she literally had the experience that her body gave birth in this sort of trance state. And then after that, she knew she could give birth. So she got pregnant within three months and had a, oh, you know, she had like a three hour first stage of labor. I mean, so all wow. this and a perfectly healthy little baby boy. Wow. So, uh, so what I want people to know is this. In the 1950s, what we could say, or the 60s or even the 70s, a 35-year-old was likely a different kind of person than a 35-year-old now mm. who is listening to your podcast. So let's be clear on that. You can have, there's a massive difference between chronologic and biologic age. So you can have a 50-year-old going on 35 or a 35-year-old mm. going on 50, depending upon what the lifestyle's like. I, I need to make a pitch for vitamin D um, before birth because I just was reading the data on grassrootshealth.net. Everyone needs to know this website, grassrootshealth.net. And what they point out is women with their vitamin D in the optimal range, 40 to 60 nanograms per milliliter, 40 to 60. And, and nobody, please, anybody who's getting their vitamin D checked, Mm -hmm. Please don't accept, oh, it was normal. You don't want normal. We're talking, you need optimal. And yeah. when you have an optimal level of vitamin D, your postpartum depression rate goes way down. Uh, Preeclampsia is non-existent. Um, you have a much decreased level of prematurity, 68% decrease in prematurity just from having optimal vitamin D levels. Now, in terms of conception and fertility, you want to have optimal vitamin D levels when you conceive. So, you know, let's just talk about that. So mm -hmm. when you are, let's say that you're 40, you've worked in an office, you haven't seen the sun for two years, right. which is common, which is very common. You're sort of working like a rat in a maze. You're never touching the earth with your bare feet and the earth itself just standing on the ground. 
on bare ground or grass for 20 minutes decreases cellular inflammation in the body by 20%. And most of our infertility, especially the unexplained and all of that, is from lack of nutrients, lack of the um, electrons from the earth. The earth herself heals us. The other thing we find, uh, so many women are now worried about sugar, and they should be, but what that does is it leads us to never eat fruit. And we finally have data showing, I mean, we've heard the term, right? The fruit of thy womb. You, if you want to conceive, yeah. you need to eat fruit. That is the gestation of the tree. And you, you need to think of the energy and information mm-hmm. in fruit coming in, you know, go forth and multiply, be fruitful. So that's one, you know, some things that I wanted to point fruit out. Fear. Fruit fear, right? They call yeah. it. <laughs> so we need to be fruitful, yeah. not fruit fearful. Um, and, but just remember, it's totally possible. It froze up on me a little. Oh, okay. It's totally possible to be 50 years old with the body of a 35-year-old. We've also found from mouse studies done at MIT. Hey, hey Dr. Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, um, you froze up on me for a minute. I, I don't know if there's something disrupting your internet. Sometimes if it, there's like a cell phone on too close or something, maybe it's because I was, see, I kept mine. Let me put airplane mode and see if that changes it. You froze right. up for a second. Um, you were talking, I heard MIT, but. Um, yeah. Oh, good. So we got okay. that far. Okay. Let me just turn this off. Da, 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 da. Okay, um, they showed that in mice, and I understand that mice are not humans, okay? Right. But they showed uh, oocyte regeneration in mice. Now, mice are mammals, and they grew new eggs. And, uh, you know, what the, the standard teaching is this. You have as many eggs as you're ever going to have before you're born. Like a 20-week fetus has the most eggs ever, and then those start to decline. And then from birth on, they're declining every year. But here's the deal with the ovaries. You got like sort of more than enough eggs, even in your forties to take care of any pregnancy you'd ever want to have. But we constantly are giving our bodies messages from the fertility industry that, okay, so we have this portal. Um, Dr. Mario Martinez, who started the Biocognitive Institute, talks about cultural portals and that they are more powerful at determining your biology than your biology itself. So the cultural portal of, let's say, age 30. I had a friend who is, his girlfriend is Korean. In Korea, 30 for a woman is considered the end of the road. You are, you're you're reaching your expiration date. That's Mm -hmm. a cultural portal. Now, in the Northeast at Harvard or Yale, nobody thinks that. Because women are having babies in their late 30s, early 40s. They've worked on their MBA. They've worked on their MD, PhD. Then they have babies. But what happens because of the cultural portal, now we've got women 27, 28, who haven't met the love of their lives. And they're being, they're, it is suggested that they freeze their eggs. Already, the fear of, oh my God, I might not have them leads to, so now we go through a procedure to freeze their eggs. And what scares me to death about that is when you farm the ovaries in that way, Uh you know, like you you give um, FSHL, like you give Pergonol, you get a bunch of eggs all at once and you harvest them. Then when you need the egg and you need your body to produce the egg, 
the egg has sort of been factory farmed and it's not so willing to come forward. I can't tell you, when, when you have an, a career as an OBGYN, mm -hmm. what every one of us sees is women who've been told they can never get pregnant. I had one of these. Her husband was told, you have no sperm. Okay, they finally came to grips with it. Okay. And then she came in, age 42, pregnant with whose sperm? His, because it only takes right. one. So when you're told, or I remember doing tubal ligations back in the day, and I'd wheel the patient into the recovery room, and the attending surgeon would say to her, as she's in the hyper-suggestible state of coming out of anesthesia, yeah. you're sterile. You're yeah. sterile. Come on. You had a tubal ligation. You're not sterile. We need to think of fertility as a lifelong relationship, a co-creative relationship with life and with nature. So what happens in our culture is you hit age 30. Now that's changing and it's changing quickly. So, you know, the number of women who are 25 who are married now is way lower than it's ever been. I mean, it's, we're really changing the demographic. But when you hit 35, there's this statistic that you're now 35. So people actually believe that the curve looks like this. Going to 35. Like suddenly at 35, you can't get pregnant. And that statistic alone, that cultural portal, results in so much cortisol and epinephrine, stress hormones, mm -hmm. that alone will shut down your ovulation. So what you need, and, and uh, there's a group called the... Um, Huichol, the Huichol Indians, and I remember meeting Brant Secunda, a shaman with the Huichol tribe. Brant is from Queens, but way back, way back, Brant was looking up marijuana in the, at that time, encyclopedia, and he was looking up marijuana, and it said, see Huichol. So he says, so I went to see him. They are a remote, remote tribe, and if you've ever seen the mountains of northern Mexico, that, it's like, Ben Laden would still be hiding there, okay? Right, they right. That remote. And he went to find this tribe and nearly died on the way. And they said, and as they rescued him, they said, yes, we've been waiting for you. And he became, he lived with them for 18 years, learned their language, became a Weechul shaman. He said, their culture, their tribe, mm -hmm. believes that being pregnant is a gift from God. He said the women are routinely pregnant in their 50s and 60s. They don't have internet. They don't have Instagram. They don't have Facebook. They're <laughs> never told. They're never told at uh -huh. age 35, your eggs are old. And therefore, biologically, because yeah. we, we co-author, we co-author each other's biology. So let me say this. I would, and I've told my daughters this. Don't give your age, you have to when you go to the doctor, I understand, but don't give your age even to yourself or your friends after 33. Now, why do I say 33? There's a really good reason. Um, Tony Rosa is a um, plumber from the Bronx who was killed in a hit and run accident going to get some bread. He was literally pronounced dead. They brought him back to life and then he was in a coma for I don't know how long. When he came back, he said, in heaven, everyone who dies after the age of 33 reverts to 33. 33 is a spiritual mastery path number. It happens to be the age at which Christ died, but that's, that is a symbolic number. And he said, so if you're older than that, no one is ever older than 33 in heaven. 
And so I would suggest if that's all we really are from a soul perspective, mm-hmm. let's stay there. Now, we also have other cultural portals. Um, age 40, another cultural portal. Age 50, another cultural portal. What I would say to people is do not ever again after 33 celebrate a milestone birthday because those become a millstone that er- adversely affects your fertility. You say, it's too late for me. Um, I've passed through the portal, all of the rest of it. Now, I understand that there's biology, but what we're finding is there are women who have periods into their 60s every month, every month, every month. You tend to have your last period when your mother had hers. However, we have this thing, uh, you know, where there's autoimmune premature ovarian failure, Mm-hmm. which is what a horrible label to put on someone. Yeah. You have premature Dismal. ovarian uh-huh. failure, right? But even then, and that's considered autoimmune. What is autoimmune? It's a misnomer. Uh, Anthony William, the medical medium, who's a friend of mine. You turned me on to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I appreciate I love that. Love Anthony. And, and what he says is autoimmune doesn't exist. The body never attacks itself, ever, ever. What it is, is cellular inflammation. Now, he goes into its Epstein-Barr virus. I'm certain that the Epstein-Barr virus is around to carry out the deed, but it is not the Epstein-Barr virus. It okay, is- wow, that's, well, okay. No, so you, okay. No, I don't. It's the environment. So on his deathbed, mm-hmm. Anton Beauchamp, now Louis Pasteur and Anton Beauchamp were rivals. And Beauchamp said, it's the environment, it's not the germ. Pasteur said, it's the germ, not the environment. On his deathbed, Pasteur said, Beauchamp was right. So if the environment, for instance, we know if your vitamin D level is optimal, you're far less likely to get bacterial vaginosis. You still have the same bacteria in your vagina. But if the environment through optimal vitamin D is changed, or if you have enough lactobacillus, or if you have the right microbiome, then it will keep the germ, whether it's Epstein-Barr virus, whether it's Gardnerella, whether it's um, yeast, it will keep it in check. So it's all about looking at your body as this uh, fertile, fertile field. So you want to be doing the organic gardening model. Like I like to say, the time to eat right for your pregnancy uh, for your child is two years before it's born. Mm. So you, you start in, you treat your life you treat your body, if you want to get pregnant, you treat your body as an organic field where you are fertilizing the soil, you're rotating the crops, you're remineralizing, you're making it optimal because we know that women with optimal soil have a very decreased rate of birth defects and all the rest of it. So I would pay attention to the cultural portals. It doesn't mean you don't use assisted reproductive technology. Heaven knows that's helped a lot of people get pregnant. I don't have anything against that, but always use it in addition to your own inner wisdom, to your own ability to create a beautiful outcome. But don't, you know, it's, it's um, do not give the power so much away to the technology. Uh, I mean, that's what we preach as well. But I, yeah. I love that. And and when you were saying the two years, I, I just was feeling like all these women going, but I don't have two years to do that because what you're talking about, the age thing, it's so ingrained in women. And it's so interesting. Now there's some that say, 
oh, women can have healthy pregnancies into their 40s, uh, up until at least 45, and then something magically really shifts at like 45. And then, <laughs> and then if you say we're well, 47 and trying, oh, uh, you know, like, wow, that's, I don't know. I mean, people kind of don't want to touch that in a way because at the couple well, well, years. It, and, it, it, yeah. Well, it's like the statistical thing, right? Yeah. So what I've always done as a physician, let's talk about like a, a curve for um, bone density. So we know that bone density tends to decrease over time. Bone quality doesn't need to, but on every curve for, you know, age, bone density, no, bone density age, every curve, you're always going to see some 82-year-old with the bone density of a 25-year-old, mm -hmm. always. So you want to become, so what I would what I'd tell your people, become an outlier. Now, when you say you don't have two years, see, instantly, now we're in linear time. Now we're in Newtonian physics. Now we're mm -hmm. in um, the arrow of time that is chasing your back. That's how we all live. It, at my age, it's too late too. At my age, it's too late too. I wish I had, I just read the statistic that most people stop listening to new kinds of music at the age of 33. At the age mm -hmm. of 33, this is what I like. This is what was popular when I was in high school. That's what we're listening to. Mm -hmm. What? What? So you, you need to understand that every cell in the body is replaced every seven years. Now, some more than others, but on average, you get a new body every seven years. You will get a new body and the cells will create themselves anew depending upon what messages you're giving them. So the ultimate paradox is you have to be somehow strong enough in your own source energy to be able to go to a fertility clinic, a fertility doctor, hold the possibility that you are maximally fertile while at the same time using the technology. It, it's, it's like you, you basically go in there and they start to do the naysaying and you've got to say in your head, this doesn't apply to me. This mm -hmm. just doesn't apply to me. I'm not the average person that right. they are basing all this on. That's yeah. right. That's right. So you, so you still treat your body as though you are, you are feeding yourself to give birth to something outside of yourself. And if it happens to end up being a new career or a book and not a physical baby, or if it happens to be that you're going to be a parent because it turns out that your child is in Russia or your child is in um, Guatemala or mm. Chile, you're still the mother of that child because mm. there is no, you always get your children and maybe your children are going to be born through your sister. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have a friend who's um, well-known intuitive and when her sister gave birth to the second daughter, my friend Joan goes, she's mine. That one's mine. Mm -hmm. And to this day, they have that incredibly close relationship where she's paying for college. They go on trips together. There's so many ways to fulfill motherhood. There's so many ways. And so I want people to sort of keep that open. I remember I had trouble getting pregnant with my first. I thought I did. You know, I was a resident and things were crazy and it was taken six months. And I watched what women went through to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have anywhere near the technology that we have now. I mean, you couldn't put the third mortgage on your house to try one more cycle of IVF. We didn't have it. 
but I still watched what women went through trying to get pregnant. And I said to myself, if I'm not supposed to have a baby, I am not supposed to have a baby because I'm not going to turn into that. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very stressful. It's and you dark. know, it gets dark. It gets yeah. so dark. And then we all hear the stories because this is the story. You adopt the baby, you get the baby home, mm-hmm. you're pregnant. Happens yeah. all the time where you just gave up. And it's the same, by the way, with meeting the man of your dreams. You finally, you know, you've done eHarmony and you've done whatever you're doing. And you finally say, look, if I'm supposed to be with someone, God, you're going to have to send them down the driveway. And then you give up and you go off to Paris with your friends and you meet Mm -hmm. the guy because you don't care anymore. It's kind of like that when the mind has a death grip on the outcome, I have to get pregnant or, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to have sex now. I'm ovulating. What does that do? To the erection, you know, <laughs> it just does. Where is the where is the orgasmic energy of creation that sex is about? That 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 literally good sex sends a wave of nitric oxide throughout your whole body, and I think that it sends this incredible beam of energy up to heaven, and it pulls in the right soul. So the other thing I would do if you want to get pregnant is I would go out like the Tibetans and I would pray and I would have a ceremony and I would invite in the soul because they're around your body before they come in always. That's such a cool image for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we're talking about fertility today, but I listened to another um, podcast and you were talking about your book, Goddesses Never Age. And it's yeah. just kind of like every cell in my body because you so need that as a woman, you know, oh. I'm in my late, I'm in my late forties and it's like, you know, just redefining yourself and, yep. and uh, is it okay for me to be, you know, to be passionate about things and, you know, like what's going to reignite my passion at this point in my age and, um, you know, what's my sex life going to look like in 10 years? Cause it's kind of changing now. And you were saying something about women having the best sex of their lives in their sixties and seventies. I was like, I never hear that. Honestly, I you mean, don't hear like, it, but that's, that's the, that's the data from uh, Gina uh, Ogden who wrote, um, she did the uh, integrating sexuality and spirituality study out of Harvard. She's a PhD sexologist out of Harvard. So she finally did the largest survey larger than Kinsey, larger than all of the sex surveys of women. And what happens as you grow older, you begin, okay, so the biologic imperative, okay, we put all of our energy into reproduction of the physical uh, um, of humans Mm -hmm. up until about the age of, let's say, 42. That's the Uranus opposition in your astrological chart which is the time when you, when the soul, the dictates of the soul come to the forefront and say, what about me? So the reproductive biologic imperative to reproduce the species and put all the energy into there does tend to wane at about the age of 42. So how do you get it back? Mm-hmm. You, need to, you need to plug into source energy. This is the basis for Alberto Villodo's uh, Grow a New Body course that he does in Chile. And he's a, a shaman, but he's a cultural, a medical anthropologist who worked for years being funded by drug companies to go into the jungles of the world to find the herbs that would be the next wonder drugs for cancer. And every time he'd find an indigenous tribe, they never had cancer. And, uh, but he got parasites. He got every parasite known to humanity. And by the age of about 67, 
Uh, he was told he needed a new liver. He was covered. He was infested with all kinds of parasites in his heart, in his lungs, in his brain, in his liver. He was put on the liver transplant list. But he knew from the shamans that you can change all this. And so he took standard American medicine, which is really good at killing things, because we're good at the sort of war metaphor in American medicine. And he killed the stuff. And then he just worked with this radiant light body to grow a new liver, new lungs, new brain. And he did it. He has uh, pre and post treatment liver biopsies. He literally grew a new liver. His mm -hmm. lungs are fine. He said, you can't get a brain biopsy, but he likes to play Scrabble. And he was really getting really bad at it when the brain was full of parasites, but now he's back to where he was. So it's really important to know that we have the ability to grow a new body and that our bodies really are not meant to deteriorate and all of that as we grow older. Uh, Dr. Mario Martinez has studied 700 healthy centenarians all over the world. And uh, he's found that they all have the same thing in common. Uh, when you say, when did you last see a doctor? And they go, I don't know, my doctors are all dead. Um, they practice the causes of health. And by the way, this will improve your sex life and fertility. And the causes of health are uh, elevated cognition, looking for thoughts and things that feel better, finding the information like I just gave on having the best sex of your life in your 60s and 70s. And uh, certainly that is my experience, like beyond anything I ever could have dreamed, beyond anything. It's like unbelievable. Okay, so there's that. Then exalted emotions, paying attention to what brings you joy, uh, getting off the YouTube um, black hole where ain't it awful, ain't it awful. We need to understand the dark forces on the planet, which is what Dodging Energy Vampires is about. They're losing. The light is winning. So they're pulling out all the stops to get you as scared and as angry as they possibly can. That's how they feed themselves, these extraterrestrial lizards. It's a different species. Don't feed them. You do exalted emotions, mm -hmm. things that bring you joy. And then the third one is righteous anger. Like when your innocence or that of another is being threatened, you say something, you do something. You say, that's not okay with me. So for instance, you go into the doctor and they say, well, um, what did someone, oh, when I first came out with um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, uh, my literary agent said to me, you're not getting any younger, you know. She's dead. Oh She's God. dead. I'm what, still what, going. What was the point? I, I, what, what, did you, what did she mean? What she meant was I was publishing my very first book pretty late in life at the age of 42. Mm -hmm. I was pretty late in life. And it's like, what? She's now dead. I'm still writing. I'm well, still, you know. She needed someone like you. I mean, she just didn't have someone like you shifting her paradigm about it. She was told that, you know, her yeah. career was only so yeah, yeah. Well, definitive. She bunch, yeah, she had yeah. a bunch of young novelists. Mm -hmm. So apparently in the novelist category, if you haven't had your big New York Times bestseller by the age of 32, see, it's the yeah. same conversation as your physical fertility. You're not getting any younger, you know. You could say that to a newborn. Tick-tock. Tick-tock, exactly. So this is a... Okay, so in the, in the shamanistic worldview, you co-create with nature. Time is not linear. It's quantum. 
in the Newtonian view, which runs Western civilization, we're always running out of time. We're running out of resources. We don't have enough time. Instead, you have to do this Einstein time thing, uh, which I learned from Gay Hendricks. And Einstein time is quantum time. I am the place where time comes from. I have all the time in the world. I am the source of time. I am co-creating with time. Notice, when you're making love with someone you love, time stands still. Or when you're talking on, with someone on a plane and you're really having a beautiful co-creative experience, the plane lands six hours later and you can't believe it. On the other hand, when you have your hand on a hot stove, two seconds is too long. Mm -hmm. So time is always relative. And if we can step out of time, you literally can train your body to stop or to vastly slow down the aging process. The body is on automatic pilot about these things. You know, FSH, LH go up, you know, and all. But I've seen those reverse. I've seen them reverse. I've seen people get pregnant when it never should have happened. I remember mm -hmm. being a teenager and seeing the actress Ursula Andress having her first baby at the age of 48. I mean, you know, I had a patient yeah. come in and she thought she was menopausal. She was 50. And, uh, you know, she was eight months pregnant. She was also a little heavy. She didn't realize. That's the mind-body split. She was so split off that she didn't even know. I mean, a baby's in there kicking. I don't know what she was thinking. But still, and I delivered a perfectly healthy baby. Yeah. So this fertility thing is very mysterious. And you can't do it the way you got your PhD or your MD. It's a, it's a receptive, feminine thing. The egg calls out a signal to the sperm. It's the sperm swimming madly to the egg. We have to get more egg-like, putting out the signal, and then wait with. But what, we're, what we women are taught, and Pat Allen says, there are more women with penises and more men with vaginas than ever in human history mm -hmm. because we've, we're balancing the roles. Mm -hmm. But you can't just get pregnant on a schedule. It's like women scheduling an induction or a C-section for the birth. I mean, you're taking away the very first choice your child will ever make, which is when to be born. Because it's the child's pituitary that determines the timing of labor in concert with the mother. But when we have to put it in our, in our um, timer so that we can schedule everything, then we're in that awful arrow of time riding right up your butt. Mm -hmm. Instead of what you do, and this is the work of Tosha Silver, which I adore. So if you are meant to have a baby, here's what she does with everything, with everything. She'll say the right outcome, the perfect outcome is already chosen. You take that desire and you put it in a God box or you just hand it to your higher self. And then you relax and wait to be shown. You wait to be shown. And then you'll watch that license plates, fortune cookies, signs on the road will just be the voice of the divine giving you direction. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you decide you really, really want to meet uh, someone, a man, and have a baby with that person, or you want to adopt or you, whatever it is. And you say, just show me. I've done everything I know to do. And now, just show me. 
And so, you know, when you've done 10 vision boards, when you've done 100 affirmations, when you've done everything you know, then you just finally turn it over. And then when you really don't care, you really seriously don't care anymore, it tends to come. Because when you're, when you're grasping, I have to have it this way, and I have to have it now. And when you do that, so I have a, an acquaintance who adopted a baby girl because she wanted a matched set. She had a blonde, blue-eyed baby boy, mm-hmm. and damn it, she was going to have a blonde, blue-eyed baby girl because it looked right. And so she essentially bought a baby, um, you know, I mean, paid for the bills of a woman in another state where the state doesn't give women who are um, having babies for adoption, it doesn't give them any way to go back. And so she got this baby who has been nothing but a developmental disaster from day one, executive function disorder, um, you know, just it, it wrecked her marriage. It mm-hmm. wrecked her whole life because she was intent on doing this from the point of view of the ego, of the lower self. I'm going, I, this, I want this to look a certain way on Christmas cards. Oh my gosh. And you can't do it that way. You just, you can't. Now, from a soul level, mm-hmm. did she get the baby she needed? Yeah. Because she was swimming in the shallow end of the pool. Wow. That'll yeah. deepen you. It will, yeah. Um, let's talk about periods because, you know, a lot of women, it seems like, have subtle imbalances going through life and say, you know, I mean, I had my first and only child at 42. And really, you could think if someone, you know, you, you take a blood test, oh, everything seems fine, and you go your merry way. It's only when you try to conceive it's the true litmus test in a way, right? That yeah. actually have had screwed up periods or I've been on an IUD or birth control pills for 10 plus years. Um, and, and we don't really honor the menstrual cycle. Like so I was interviewing someone else. They were like, the menstrual cycle is like a vital sign and we're not taught to read it is. that. It is a vital sign. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, we're taught to be ashamed and make sure no one ever knows that we're on our moon. Um, so... The, the menstrual cycle is kind of a beautiful Rorschach for how imbalanced you are with nature, with light, with the moon. Natural light can enhance fertility dramatically. If you just have a full spectrum light bulb, especially you know in the winter months and so on when you don't have natural light, a full spectrum light bulb that you can just see out of the corner of your eye, that will enhance ovulation dramatically because light is a nutrient. So again, remember how we talked about you need to stand on the earth, you need to be in natural lighting. All of that will enhance your period. Um, The other thing that, you know, I actually invented an herbal supplement to help with this because so many women do have that problem. And it's a, you know, Thai herb called Prairie Marifica. And so this is called PM Balance. And you take it day seven through 21 of your cycle for three months. And it'll, what it does many women are in estrogen dominance, estrogen dominance from a diet too high in sugar where their insulin levels are too high. And insulin levels that are too high interfere with the metabolism of the sex steroids. 
And most everybody, if they're under stress, if they're eating um, a lot of refined foods, um, fast foods, they are going to have insulin levels that are too high and their estrogen progesterone balance will be off. Mm -hmm. So you really have to eat well and you know, whenever you can. Now I have a daughter who lives in New York City and she's really realizing she's currently doing the Whole30. The Whole30 is very popular diet where it's no dairy, no soy, um, no grains, mm -hmm. uh, no gluten for 30 days. And she feels great on it and has begun to realize that in New York City, because of the fast pace, it's very easy to just grab something from a street vendor or whatever it is. So you truly have to slow down and you have to get in tune with your cycle. What many women find is if they're traveling in Italy where the pace of life is different and the food is better they and, uh, or they're on vacation, their period comes and they didn't even know. I mean, they didn't get all that premenstrual stuff. So the, um, I call it premenstrual reality, PMS is uh, really that your hormones are out of balance. I was able to, back in the 80s, uh, all my patients had PMS because I was the only one who believed in it. And I knew it was a lifestyle mm -hmm. thing. And I would, um, I would get them feeling better within three months by giving them the right supplements, the right diet, all of that. But here's what I noticed. Almost nobody could stick with it. And why was that? Because almost every one of them was living with an alcoholic, uh, a borderline personality, a narcissist. So they were draining their life energy toward the, what I call the energy vampire. And they didn't really get permanent relief until they got into recovery about that relationship or left. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's taken me years to figure that out. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could tell a woman who, you know, 10 years ago was suffering from PMS for years and years. I mean, if someone could tell her, you know, let's, let's work on this on a spiritual level, on a, on a lifestyle level, you know, and let's talk about the people in your lives because um, this is making your life miserable. Some women have it two weeks out of every month. There's only four weeks in a month. So that's half that's your life. Correct. Correct. And, and, um, and saying, and also it can affect your fertility because I mean, there's sort of a disconnect there too. Oh, know? it totally does. And, and, and here's, but here's where people are brainwashed. Mm -hmm. They're brainwashed into, um, so I need my cycles regulated. So then you bring in birth control pills, yeah. which are synthetic hormones that make the problem worse because when you're on birth control pills, there are at least 50 different metabolic things that are messed up and you need at least more B vitamins and very, very few doctors are prescribing that. So, you know, again, everything has a place, including birth control pills, including mm -hmm. IUDs, including all of that just be mindful. And then um, oftentimes a woman is not a, in a place where she can look at the relationship. Although what I like to say to women is sooner or later, the body is going to pre present its bill and you're not going to be able to get out from under it. So sooner or later, you're going to have to deal with this. And uh, I have a former patient who's now in her forties and I told her this stuff at 15. And she said to me, I was not ready to hear it. I was not sure. ready to hear it. And that's okay too. You know, mm -hmm. I actually really honor people's timing. You don't drag out a baby with forceps until it's ready to be born. So if someone's not ready, they're not ready. And that's okay. But it's just important to be aware that the health of the menstrual cycle is totally related to the health 
of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had terrible, terrible menstrual cramps, terrible from all the stress hormones of, you know, being up all night, delivering babies and, you know, all of the rest of it. Never had a tr- trouble conceiving, but really had bad cramps. Yeah. You know, um, you know that book, Making Babies, uh, Sammy David, he, he was kind of like a, a pioneer of the IVF industry. I mean, he, he, he well, anyways, Making Babies and he co-wrote yeah, I don't it. know. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. But anyways, he basically said, um, and it's been a few years since I wrote it, but he was saying that the reason he, by and large, stopped doing IVF and started kind of working with women's natural cycles and, and talking about nutrition and, and lifestyle, and he brought in an acupuncturist who crow wrote the book, is that um, the IVF fertility industry is the most under-regulated industry He's not kidding. in medicine. No yeah. kidding. Okay, so I used to do donor insemination. So- Listen to this, everybody. So guys would show up at the back door of my office, having just gotten a sample, and they'd be paid $50. Mm-hmm. No screening, no nothing. And then I'd go in and inseminate a woman. I did a lot of lesbian inseminations back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, so talk about no regulation. At the time I was married and I tried to get my husband to donate because I knew this would be like, you know, he had two beautiful children. He goes, no, I don't want our daughters to marry their brother. You know, <laughs> what, and, and, the, what are the chances that? Well, like? you know, here's the thing. <laughs> uh-huh. We had a guy, we had a guy in med school who donated for the money every single week for four years. Yeah. Now people in the upper Valley around Hanover, New Hampshire, where I went to medical school, they're not a very mobile population. They stay there. So he mm. used to brag that he was the father of the Upper Valley. So yeah. the, the truth is, that is a distinct possibility. And then what else would we do? Because think about this. So we doctors, the residents would donate. So they'd put their sample in a locker, I'd put it in my armpit, and I'd go back to the office and inseminate somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now with surrogate mothers, with all of that stuff going on, he's right. There's no regulation whatsoever. You can kind of almost go out and pay somebody and whoa, whoa, it's a little terrifying. Right. And, yeah. and I've, I've treated women who've undergone multiple cycles of IVF and um, for lack of a better term, they feel bonkers after. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, and, well, yeah. I mean, this stuff can screw you up. Yeah. It really can screw you up. You can feel just awful about the whole thing. The thing that frustrates me is that um, women try to conceive and they kind of freak out. It doesn't happen in the first year. They're not getting much help in why it's not. I'll come back, you know, try for a year. And, and, and so. Yeah. Put the third mortgage and, on your house. Exactly. Yeah. But, but then they refer to an IVF doctor and and then sometimes they're not a good candidate for IVF for for whatever reason so in their heads they make up I cannot conceive naturally even though there's probably variable reasons and that could be remedied you know sperm poor sperm quality nutritional and then and then they're thinking I'm just broken IVF can't even do it and I can't do it naturally versus someone going no, come back over. You can probably more than likely conceive naturally. Have a have a healthy baby, wonderful pregnancy. You know, it just we we need to kind of dig deeper and see what's going on. 
that's spiritual right. lifestyle because I think that's happening. Oh gosh, so often um, it's happening. Very. Let me tell you a factor that I've seen repeatedly. Yeah, and it's again, it's not. It's like not one that women necessarily want to take a look at. But how often have I seen this over my career? Woman can't get pregnant, can't get pregnant, can't get pregnant. Goes through a divorce, remarried, pregnant Mm -hmm. immediately. I've seen it over and over Mm -hmm. again. It's like um, there's a New Yorker cartoon that's very funny. And uh, the infertility doctor is looking at the woman and he says to her, well, maybe you just don't breed well in captivity. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the female body mm-hmm. sometimes just says, I'm not doing this with him. And it's, it's a soul protective mechanism. Yeah. Well, they don't use a sperm, as you said, right? That's right. And we don't, but we don't, we don't know it because you're not ready to know it until you're ready yeah. to know it. Yeah. Scary thing to know. So, but I agree with yeah. the, both of those things are true. Yeah. That if a woman could be, I mean, imagine what it would be like, right? You're 40, 41, right? Mm-hmm. You go into the fertility clinic mm-hmm. and everything is about fertility. You're given a mango, a juicy mango when you get in there. Um, and you're asked to tell the staff all of the creativity in your life, all of the things you've created, all of the things that have brought you pleasure, everything that um, feels orgasmically fabulous in your life. You start to dress in wonderful colors like yellow and pink, and that's part of your treatment. You got to wear pink underwear now, and it's got to be really sexy and fun. And then they prescribe a massage once a week, and you get some acupuncture and foot reflexology. Mm. They teach you how to use essential oils. And then you're told this is the oasis where you sit on Mother Earth, beautiful, grassy garden and you go out there and that's part of your treatment every day and then there's the sun bathing nude and that's how it happens now wouldn't Um, that be different i feel like more fertile just you describing that that i know i was like um look into your husband's eyes let's practice like some tantric yoga together yes. let's do some dream journaling together yes. let's yes. reignite passions what are the fears let's use some emotional freedom technique tap yes. into deep tears we could yeah doing the tapping oh all my of that gosh. yeah yeah because you're right yeah. you go into a fertility clinic and in a way it's almost sometimes you know you look at those Women, I mean, your heart goes out to them. It's, it's like they're in a concentration camp. Yeah. Yeah. They're hostile. Because right. I, I, I look, you know, at different pregnancy um, forums and things like that. And, and, and I get it. In some ways, I think it's good for women because I feel they're isolated and, so, and they're angry. And so they need people to go, yeah, my, my uncle just told me I need to relax and I want to punch him in they're the damn kill face. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like, yeah, you're venting out, but then I don't know, I, I guess, I guess it's good if it feels good. And sometimes I feel like it could be a little bit disempowering and I, well, I'm it not is. sure. No, no, yeah. no. I, I'm telling you, it's the same. Okay. So all wounds need to be validated or they do not heal. Mm-hmm. So someone has to say, I've been where you are. Yeah. It feels horrible. And I'm validating this wound. And then at some point, just like if you are going to a breast cancer survivor meeting 15 years after your treatment, 
and you're still calling yourself a survivor, you're keeping yourself stuck mm. in a box where your life is in relationship to breast cancer. So in a way, you're always vibrating with breast cancer. I'm a survivor. Mm. Instead of saying, I'm a thriver and I experienced breast cancer. Yeah. but not I'm a breast cancer survivor. Those are very, very different languaging, very different. That's such a good point. Yeah, I think that, that prompted another thought. It's like those, those forums for fertility, oh, I'm on my third injection cycle and this drug and this drug. I'm just like, okay, I, I guess if that's helpful to share. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a strange... It's like people who lose a partner. Some people really thrive in those support groups and other people are like, I had to get out of there. Yeah, right. Know? Right. It was so I think depressing. There's a, yeah. There's a time and a place for it. Yeah. But you don't, that can't be to be optimally healthy and optimally fertile. It cannot be your identity. However, that is individual with all people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went into OBGYN quite frankly because I abandoned myself when I was four years old to heal my mother after the loss of a baby. And then when I first saw a baby born in, res in medical school, I just nearly fell to the floor weeping. And that was my own abandoned self. So I made my personal pain into an amazing OBGYN career. But at this point in my life, I don't ever need to see a baby born again. It's like I did it. I did mm -hmm. it. You know, my little girl wound that fueled this career has been healed. So even though I still love the work, there, there isn't this, oh my God, I have to go in there and keep rescuing women. You see, because I was doing it from the point of view of, I got to rescue them when the person I was always rescuing was me. Mm, that's, that's deep. Yeah, <laughs> it is. yeah, it is. It is. Hey, we're, um, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, what is something that you, I don't know, a mantra or something that you keep to kind of inspire yourself or? Um, I like Gay Hendrick's ultimate success mantra. This is that? really, really a good okay. one. So it's from his book, The Big Leap. All right. And this is a good one to say for one or two, two minutes repeatedly in bed before you get up. Okay. All right. The subconscious mind does not have the ability to make antibodies against this particular word, expand. So here's what I would say for all your people mm. wanting to conceive. I expand fertility, joy, and pleasure every day while inspiring others to do the same. Mm. So I expand, and you can use whatever words you like, but this will reprogram your subconscious it will reprogram your ovaries. It will reprogram your central nervous system, your immune system, your endocrine system. I expand. Da-da-da-da, fertility every day while not assisting others. No, inspiring others. I'm going to be the model who is living this while inspiring others to do the same. Yeah. Okay, words to live by. Thank right. you. Right. Thank All you right. so much. There's so, so much welcome. wisdom. I've gotten so much out of this. Thank you. Appreciate you're, it. You're so welcome. All right. Great. Thanks. Dr. Chris, have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Hour. For being one of our loyal listeners, we would like to give you free access to a special report called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. 
Inside, you'll learn about an eight-step, all-natural process that's helped hundreds of couples conceive. This is one of our most popular reports, and you can get free access by going to fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Again, that's fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Go there now, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Fertility Hour.